Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region, and happy Canada Day. We're so happy you could join us, and we hope you've been out and about enjoying yourself this weekend. Today's show is brought to you by Kobo. If you need some elevated beach reading, you can check out our Books with Buzz list. It's at Kobo.com slash What She Said, and they're all up now. Starting the show today, we are going to be joined by Ranji Singh. He is a founder and co-chair of Culture Bridge Initiatives, a nonprofit organization in Newmarket, Ontario. Now, this organization produces events and programs to combat social and psychological isolation, something we've all been hearing about. And he's here to tell us about the 2018 Culture Bridge Festival coming up on July 14th and 15th in Newmarket, where people are going to be able to experience their neighbor's culture right here in their own community. No passport required, only a good appetite, I hear. Yes, good appetite and and maybe a little dancing, a lot of music. And saying, hey, don't you live three doors down from me? Exactly. A great way of meeting your neighbors. Comedian Charlie Demers is going to tell us about tackling fatherhood and fascism in his new comedy album called Fatherland. And we're also going to find out how to wire our brains for confidence with author and Canadian Positive Psychology Association founder, Louisa Jewell. Musicologist Eric Alper will be here for On the Record. And Tracy Nesdaly, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo, Inc., is talking books that delve into the ins and outs of how to be a woman. Uh, She'll explain all of that. I'm glad. (laughs) Closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have Montreal pop duo Jacob and Fanny, who are going to perform their new single called Miss You right here in our live studio sessions. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please don't forget to join in on the conversation and follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Ranji Singh, the CEO of Culture Bridge Initiatives. Now, that is a non-profit organization in Newmarket, Ontario, that produces events and programs to combat social and psychological isolation. Um, what an issue that is. Welcome to what she said, Ranji. Thank you very much, Kate. Um, we've been talking so much about isolation and loneliness of, of people uh, lately. So this is a, this is a great that you are here to tell us about the 2018 Culture Bridge Festival. It's coming up July 14th and 15th in Newmarket. And people are going to be able to experience their neighbor's culture right in their own community with no passport needed. So tell us all about the festival. Wonderful. We were quite excited uh, to bring this festival for the seventh year in Newmarket. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we've just completed our pre-launch uh, with 
in East Willenberry in association with the Phoebe Gilman Public School. Uh, but this festival on July 14th and 15th, on the 14th, we're celebrating Sounds of India. Mm-hmm. And so it focuses on, on the different regions of India, the, the diversity within India, the music, the fashion, the culture of India. And then on Sunday, from fr- Sundays from 1 to 8, we are celebrating world cultures. So we go to the Mediterranean, Latin, Latin America, Asia, uh, Africa. We're, uh, we're quite excited at the, at the lineup of performances we have. What prompted you to start this? Interesting question. Do we have a couple of hours? <laughs> we, we've got several minutes. <laughs> okay. okay. What prompted me to do this is um, we've been living in Newmarket for the last almost 30 years. This is where we brought our sons up. And, uh, and we've seen the dramatic shift in the demographics, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the cultural makeup. And uh, one of the things we recognized was that we ourselves, for many years, our social network was not local. Our social network was out of the area. And what we did on, on our time, when, what we did on spare time, was we packed our family in the car and we got out of town. And, and when, we, when we go out of town, that's where we do our shopping as well. So the economic vitality of, of new market and surrounding areas become drained when, when the residents there bring their disposable income out of the area on a regular basis. That is one aspect of it. But, but the compelling aspect was when I spoke to neighbors. I used to go door to door. And you, you speak to people who've been living there for the last 15, 20 years, and they do not know who their neighbors are. And that's understandable, because that happened with me for, for so many years. You leave home before sunup, you get home after sundown, and the, yeah, the, exactly. the, the, the very little time you have that's free. So you're nurturing relationships that you had before. Exactly. Instead of making new ones and nurturing them where you live, where your kids play, where you shop. That's that's correct. And and, and when we looked, at that time I used to be the chair of Girls Incorporated of York Region. And uh, and so I used to see government reports used to Mm -hmm. pass my desk from time to time. There were two reports that really struck me. One was... It published by the United Way of York Region. And, uh, and it, the title of that report is If Addressed. The substance of that report, it's a very simple read. The substance of that report, however, said that when governments talk about infrastructure, they talk about building schools, roads, sewers, stores, houses, pipelines, and those things. What is often lost in the equation is the people. Mm-hmm. So we build, we, we build those farmlands and we parachute in new communities without any thought of the people who are moving into the area. And so in these new areas, there are people, our neighbors, we have no idea where they came from. They, they may speak a different language. They may have different tastes. They may have 
And and just stepping on your driveway and saying hello every morning, you know, and what's the weather like, is that enough to build neighborhoods? Mm. Okay. So when when we looked at that report, there was another report that struck us, and that was the, a report that was issued by by the regional municipality of York Region. And at that time, the the region projected that the number of residents uh, of York Region, 45% of York Region residents will be comprised of people who were not born in Canada. That's huge. Yeah. That figure has since been updated to 55%. Wow. Will, by the year 2031, 55% of York Region residents would have been born outside of Canada. So let me ask you, yes. in the seven years that you've been doing this, have you noticed a difference? You must have had some feedback. A, a difference in what respect? Well, a difference in people feeling mm. that they're more yeah. connected, that they're more integrated. I, 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 think, I think the festival that we've been doing mm-hmm. um, achieves that objective. There are, there are so many people with the festival as well as with other work that we're doing mm-hmm. throughout the year uh, where people get connected for the first time and they stay connected. At the festival, it gives people an opportunity to, to meet, to interact. It, it, it helps people who are working downtown, who are working out of the area, mm-hmm. to get out into a common place in the area where they live and to see others, to meet others. And, you know, when we are, when we are strolling in the mall um, or when we are strolling in the street, we might happen to see a face now that we saw at the festival. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, then a smile appears on both faces. We exchange a smile rather than that blank look, which we tend to have when we don't know someone. Okay, so let's go back to the actual festival. Again, you said on July 14th from 4 to 8, you have the sounds of India. The 15th from 1 to 8, there's the dance and music from several cultures, First Nations, Asian, Caribbean, Mediterranean, Latin American, an African drumming circle, and you have 2016 Grammy nominee Jason Lindo. We're quite excited about Jason joining us. I would think. Um, And the best part is admission is free. But you are asking people to bring a non-perishable food donation in support of your annual food drive, and that supports the New Market Food Pantry. That's Is correct. That right? That's correct. We are hoping, we are really hoping that, that, that people, we'd like this festival to be a hallmark of the food drive, mm-hmm. to be one of the largest food drives that York Region has experienced. And, and we're asking people, even if you don't like music, even if you don't like dancing, even if you're just passing by, make it, make it a mission to stop by on those two days and drop off a non-perishable food item. The Newmarket Food Pantry themselves will be on site to receive mm-hmm. and to say oh, thanks yeah. for your donation. Where is the festival physically located? It is physically located in Newmarket Riverwalk Commons, mm-hmm. which is at 200 Doug Duncan Drive in Newmarket. And if anyone is familiar with the huge splash pad that is there, so make sure you bring a towel for the kids (laughs) and a change of clothing. But there's a huge splash pad downtown Newmarket. Um, And uh, and we're we're quite excited to bring the festival again out the door 
Mm-hmm. At the Riverwalk Commons. Um, should we come hungry? Is there going to be food? Please. <laughs> you will be... You, if you are not hungry, you will be disappointed when you show up. So where can people go to learn more about this? A website? To our website yeah. at culturebridge.ca. That's easy. Yeah, That's right. Culturebridge.ca or you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at culturebridge2. That's Number two? The number two. At Culture at Bridge Culture two. Bridge two. At Culture Bridge 2. Yes, okay. those are our well, handles. It, it sounds excellent. Um, and you, you received a GROW grant from the Ontario Trillium Foundation to help with, with, with all this. So everything is in place. Everything's going well. What a great way to make community connections. Awesome. And we, and we, we say thanks to Ontario Trillium Foundation. This will be our final year from the grant that we received in 2015. Ah, to run the festival. Well, I think they should renew it. (laughs) (laughs) Ranji Singh, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about Culture Bridge. Thank you so much for having me here today. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's Good to Grow High Interest Savings Account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half calf, half sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. The new comedy album from author, stand-up comedian and radio personality Charlie Demers is billed as two-thirds jokes about a man raising a daughter and one-third jokes about fascists. He joins us in studio right now to explain. Welcome to what she said, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And that, to explain, I feel like, uh, yeah, to be called to account for yeah, the, well, uh, you know, thematic choices. Fatherland yes. is, is the name, and it conjures up all kinds of... Um, things how did you come up with it yeah so uh i knew that uh so my daughter uh josephine who um uh we named after stalin uh (laughs) was uh uh, has just turned four at the beginning of this month and uh i knew that it was getting close to time for me to uh, retire some of the uh brand new baby material mm-hmm. uh so the prenatal courses the breastfeeding class uh because you know some of us needed to have it explained
explain to us. Um, and uh, I just uh, wanted to uh, uh, put it all down. Um, but at the same time, uh, in with all of the typical parenting anxieties, there's this new anxiety of uh, the reemergence of uh, uh, these fellows who we thought we had left behind, maybe in 1945, uh, uh, of the uh, fascist variety. And uh, and we're, so, and we're equating the fascist with your four-year-old daughter. Oh, no, because no, is, no. is she like a little mini fascist now? No, no. Because four-year-olds no. can be, you know. Yeah. It's, it's true. Uh, the, um, oh. the, I would say the biggest difference between uh, fascists and my daughter is that it's, it, it's worth the effort to resist fascism. Uh, I would say in front of my daughter, you, pre- you pretty much just have to, uh, you have to accept it. Um, but, uh, yeah, just it, it's uh, – my daughter is – of um, uh, mixed ancestry. Um, I'm in a, a culturally mixed marriage. I'm from Vancouver and my wife's from Toronto. And uh, <laughs> our, do it every time. <laughs> yeah. um, our daughter is, uh, you know, our daughter is uh, half, half white and half Chinese. And uh, I'm raising her in this world where, uh, yeah, there are some, uh, there's this reemergence of this very toxic end mm-hmm. of the uh, political spectrum. You know, we're on holiday. Uh, holidays in um, Hawaii uh, a year ago and we're at a food truck and this guy gets out of a car to, and he's got a swastika tattoo on his uh, on his arm and it's you know Hawaii so we can see his arms uh, he's sleeveless and uh, he gets out of his car and we see this you know Nazi tattoo on him and just kind of staggered by it and then he goes to the food truck and he orders a taco. And then I thought, well, that's offside. If you're a Nazi, <laughs> at least uh, you're not. You don't get to build the wall, but toss us a few of those delicious <laughs> tortillas before. So um, it's just that kind of. Uh, it's an album that's sort of about being a parent in in this very kind of strange time and place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this is a time and place where uh, you know a lot of comedians have been scolded for doing politically incorrect comedy, if you will. So sure. how have you crafted this in such a way that it's not sort of all shock value? Yeah, and I, and I would say uh, despite the sort of track listings, uh, what what they might suggest, I mean, a few of these, you know, there's a track called Pastry Racists, uh, a track called Taco Nazi, uh, as you can imagine, that's who that's about, mm-hmm. uh, the fellow I was just describing. Um, but I would say it's it's not... Uh, I I don't consider myself a shock value comedian, and and uh, very little of the humor on the album I think actually does come from that sort of uh, shock place. Um, a big part of the way that you craft those jokes, I guess, is that you go out uh, night after night and uh, you're engaging with audiences and finding out where they're at and how much of these anxieties you have that they share. Um, and I think one of the ways that you can responsibly make jokes about Nazis is to always do it in a way that uh, refuses to let them become sort of a normal part of life. Uh, that to me is the great, um, that would be the greatest danger right now is to do any jokes that minimize that threat or make that threat seem like it's, it's just part of, uh, part of an everyday situation. Whereas if you can tell jokes that keep that anxiety alive in a way, uh, make sure to remind people just how abnormal and abhorrent, uh, these beliefs are, uh, that maybe, you know, you, you, 
you, you can you can do those jokes in a way that's not uh, going for sort of cheap shock. Well, tell us about some of the other topics you tackle on this record. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a big part of it is just uh, the the learning curve of uh, being a a young father, and and you know, realizing what you do need to sort out, what you don't need to sort out. You know, I talk about the the first time that I ever um, <clears throat> uh, I left my daughter to be babysat by uh, my aunt, and uh, you know, I had that new dad obsession of making sure every. Everybody knew that I had thought through all the possible contingencies of how the evening might go. You know, I said to her, here's the diapers. And now my aunt, she's only had sons. And so I wanted to make sure. Now, you know, when you're changing a baby girl, uh, you have to always be sure to wipe uh, away um, from the... Front to uh, back. Yeah. Fr and uh, my aunt said, uh, yeah, um, I have a little bit of experience uh, uh, with... Um, uh, Wiping front to back, I uh, have a vagina. And uh, so that was uh, a, a moment of kind of realizing that maybe there was a certain amount of uh, male arrogance and explaining um, that typical uh, that uh, hygiene strategy. Um, uh, there's a story on the album about uh, my daughter's uh, walnut allergy. Uh, we uh, found out on a trip to Berlin uh, that my daughter has a fairly severe uh, reaction to walnuts. We took an ambulance. We get to the hospital, they, you know, sort everything out and then sit us down with this allergist who tells us, you know, uh, you will now have to travel with an EpiPen. Um, do you know how they work? Uh, you have to inject the needle into the muscular part of the baby's thigh. I don't know if you spent a lot of time around 18-month-olds recently, but they're not famous for the muscular <laughs> definition of their legs. And so uh, it's a lot, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of stuff just from, uh, from the life of a, of a young parent. So you, we mentioned you're also an author. What mm -hmm. do you find hardest to write, fiction, nonfiction, or stand-up? That's a very good question. Uh, if, if, if you were to... If, if you're looking at just sort of pure um, production of material, stand-up is the hardest in mm -hmm. the sense that it is it is absolutely boiled down to its essence. So you could take um, uh, you could take uh, several weeks to put together a joke that probably if you wrote it down would only be three or four hundred words mm -hmm. uh if if it took you several re weeks to write three or four hundred words of of uh fiction or non-fiction uh you'd probably be wanting to look for another job are you a disciplined <laughs> writer do you write every day or do you write uh, when the mood takes you <clears throat> that's uh it, it depends on deadlines uh if i have adrenaline uh, junkie. I, I do work well with a deadline <laughs> Um, I carry, uh, uh, you know, my phone with me is a, is a, is a, a constant notebook dictating ideas and, and, uh, you do have to be disciplined about responding to those imaginative bursts. If you think you'll remember something, you won't. And so, uh, I do have to, I do have to make sure that I, I get things down as they come. Well, he hasn't taken any notes here. <laughs> no, he might be safe. <laughs> Where can people get Fatherland? Uh, so uh, Fatherland is available uh, in the sort of million different ways that people are getting albums now. And one of the ways in which the comedy album as a form has been brought back. So you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on 
Google Play, Apple Music, and we also have physical copies uh, on CD. Uh, the vinyl is coming soon. Vinyl, yeah, Yay. yeah. So for any time travelers Fatherland out there, and yeah. all its full <laughs> audio quality, exactly. <laughs> So would they go on your website? or uh, They can go to uh, 604 uh, uh, Records, uh, which is uh, my record label. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, if you've uh, bought any uh, Carly Rae Jepsen lately, that's the, uh, that's the space. So uh, as you're in uh, restocking on Call Me Maybe, uh, pick, up, uh, pick up Fatherland if you don't mind. Well, Charlie Demers, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, good luck with your little up and coming one. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Walk without rhythm. It won't attract the worm. now for On the Record is musicologist Eric Alper and today we're talking about five filmmakers who got their start directing 90s music videos. Yeah, it's bad enough that these people have talent in one area, but then they move to another area, making us all look really, really bad. (laughs) And first on the list has to be Spike Jones. He made himself known in the 1990s directing playful videos for musical artists such as Bjork and the Beastie Boys and Weezer. Um, he's got a really great personality and a, and, a, and a very, very sharp sense of humor. And his the best one that he did was Fatboy Slim's Weapon of Choice, which has Christopher Walken dancing across oh, yes. the city is... and up on the walls in the hotel. I remember, remember that, one? that video. I remember yeah. that video. Walken is just so creepy cool. Creepy cool. Is that, That's, is that, that, that should was my be gut. on his license like, plate. How, how do I explain how he makes me feel? And those are the first yeah, two words right. that came to my creepy cool. Because you just don't expect that guy to tap dance his way into our hearts. <laughs> That's true. Get away, get dance, Lord, and here's what it's for, so. 
Okay, well, that was Madonna with Vogue. Mm-hmm, yeah, and that video was directed by David Fincher, who is one of my favorite directors because not only did he direct um, a whole amazing group of films, including the Facebook one, um, the the one about Mark Zuckerberg, um, but he also directed a number of Madonna videos, including Oh Father, Express Yourself, and the world-famous Vogue. Bjork. Bjork? Bjork. 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 I, I wish people could see this if they're listening on the radio where you just vogued. <laughs> you, just, you just did that. You, you just struck. Not very you, well. You, you, you struck a pose, as they say. Yeah, so Michael Gondry was the director behind a lot of Bjork's videos, including Human Behavior. Michael directed um, The Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and one of the great films. And he also directed videos from Daft Punk and The White Stripes and Radiohead. But Bjork's Human Behavior, which won several MTV awards, is certainly one of his most favorites. And then he went on to Hollywood to make The Green Hornet. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that just Okay, so, so speaking of the Green Hornet, was, yeah. is there not some connection with with that, Coolio? Yeah, absolutely, because Coolio's Gangsta Paradise, which is a kind of cover, remake, um, tribute to the Stevie Wonder classic song um he directed that video and so Antoine Fuqua um prior to directing all of his action thrillers he directed a lot of music videos for Tony Braxton for Prince and for Stevie Wonder and then he ended up producing and directing Coolio's video which that video was made by Anton as well so um pretty decent um pretty great actually career from that guy right there Set my world on fire. May never gonna be nobody like you, baby. Honey, that's no lie. Speaking of pretty great, Lionel Richie, yeah. do it to me. Yeah, nobody blows up stuff like Michael Bay. And although that there's not a lot of explosions in Lionel Richie's videos, Michael Bay, before he began blowing up the world and having Will Smith save it every single time, he directed and produced music videos from Donny Osmond and Tina Turner and Lionel Richie as well. And it was that Lionel Richie video that caught the attention of Jerry Bruckheimer, who would help Michael Bay launch his directorial debut in Bad Boys, and the rest, they say, is history. Uh, you know what? There's one uh, film director, music video director, you're going to be talking about in the future. And that is? Karina Evans. Okay. Our former intern here at What She Said, who is directing all of Drake's really? videos. Yeah. Wow. And they're awesome. She, she got to give away almost a million dollars. That's right. Video. That's right. So and if you're looking for a, all the women. So if you're looking for a job, you can send resumes in care of what she said. <laughs> we're not only a radio show, we're also a job center. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Eric. And we will talk to you again next weekend. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. She said. 
connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And joining us now is Tracy Nestle, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo, Inc. And this week we're going to talk about books that delve into the ins and outs of how to be a woman. <laughs> Welcome, Tracy. Uh, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> well, I know. You wouldn't really think that you need a book for such things. But self-help is all about exactly that, how mm-hmm. to be. And the first book I want to talk about is one that I coulda, woulda, shoulda written myself called There Are No Grown-Ups. It's called A Midlife Coming-of-Age Story by Pamela Druckerman. Now, that name might be a little familiar. She wrote a book a while ago called Bringing Up Bebe. Um, she's an American married to a Brit living in Paris and noticed that all the little Parisian children were polite and eating everything on their plates. And she wanted to find out how that happened and wrote a book on how the French raised children. This one is a few years on and um, poor old thing has noticed that when she's in a restaurant, she's now called Madame and not Mademoiselle. Ah, uh, yes, that happens. Oh, I remember my first ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, she's only in her 40s, which from this vantage point looks really young. Yeah, yeah. it is so young. We're complaining no. already? Anyway, she has no idea what's to come. Anyhow, but it, she it, that starts her on a path of... Um, You know, just kind of looking at how the world treats women of a certain Mm -hmm. age or as they're approaching a certain age. My own personal superpower is, of course, being invisible. You must be over 50. (laughs) Sadly. And, um, and, you know, she's finding that this is, that this is the case as well. Okay. So kind of a fascinating read and one that I think we can all relate to or will. Hmm. Okay. Okay. There are no grownups. So it's, Part memoir, part social comedy. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. And a meditation on what it means to suddenly be promoted to the ranks of the grown-ups. Adulting, I think they call it now, right? <laughs> I hate to adult. I have never been able to figure that out. And But that said, you know, I'm kind of in a little bubble of my own. I can't believe I'm not carded at the LCBO. So. <laughs> Conscious adulting. Conscious adulting. <laughs> or unconscious adulting. I'm doing my best. Yeah, I know. I'm it, doing my best. You know, yeah, I think we all feel that way. I just can't remember. I mean, I look in the mirror and I just can't believe what I see. It's because I don't feel that way. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Bad Feminist. Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. This is not a new book, but it's a good book. It's a collection of essays that look at what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a woman of color, what it is to be a feminist and why feminism is is sometimes got a kind of a bad connotation to it and so on. It's witty, it's funny, it's an intelligent kind of look at things and it's also really contradictory, which I think is a bit truthful, right? Mm-hmm. Like we might want to be feminists and then we also might want to just I don't know, be looked after or by something. a big strong man. Wouldn't that be good? Uh, it could be. <laughs> it could be. I, don't know. I guess it would depend on the on the big strong man. But yes, it's all it's always nice. But yeah. Um, so and then uh, last but not least, we have all the lives I want by Alana Massey. That's right. So this is, um, she says that this is a book about all her best friends, none of whom she's met. It's essays on celebrity and the women that we look up to. So I don't know about you. I used to have this Marilyn Monroe fixation. You know? Well. Why? <laughs> it's not obvious. <laughs> no, I just thought, what you know, were you fixated on, though, Tracy? Well, you know, because I just thought, like, she was a woman who wanted to be loved. And men, you know, it's that 
you know, old saying, you know, they they unfortunately went went to bed with Marilyn and woke up with me. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of not quite feeling like you were being appreciated for who you really are. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I had a fix. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Massey looks at um, people like Lana Del Rey or the Olsen Oh, I love twins. Lana Del Rey. I do too. Yeah, I think she's great. She's a bad but girl. Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow? Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, not such a big fan Gwyneth, of Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. I love Gwyneth. Why? Well, what's wrong with Gwyneth? She's, she's nuts. She preaches all kinds of things, uh, you know, that are totally non-health or scientifically proven. And I know what you're talking about. Yes, there's all kinds of things that she's putting up various places where things should not belong or go. And I mean, I think she does more damage. And plus, I mean, what kind of planet do you live on where any of us can go out and afford to buy an $800 T-shirt just because it's on Goop? You know, well, it's like, I mean, maybe to look at the stuff and fantasize about it, but it's not realistic. I, th- I just think she lives no, in a whole other world. She lives world. in another universe. Um, but and she's letting me see what that universe looks like, and you know, yeah, but real I don't life wanna, is, I don't, is not so I, great. I don't want to live there. Okay, I don't want to exactly. listen to her. I don't want to hear these affected things like unconscious uncoupling and whatever. I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, making up phrases. What the? What does that mean? Okay, Any this of, anyway, is exactly anyway, why this get, book is important. Who yeah. you who you love and who you hate says a lot about. I don't hate you. her. I just no. I just. Would not be. I would. I would not follow her advice about okay. anything. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. No. But that is that is exactly the point of this book. I, how we feel about these women we've never met okay. is a reflection of of sort of our values, society's values, and so on. It's just, and it's also just kind of a good read. It's a good read. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tracy Nesley, thank you very much. You can find our full list of books up now on whatshesaidtalk.com, or you can go directly to kobo.com slash what she said and find our books with buzz list there wonderful what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler will be right back Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half calf, half sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Welcome back to What She Said. Do you ever wonder why you're confident in some areas of your life, yet in other areas you have so much fear and self-doubt? Canadian Positive Psychology Association founder Louisa Jewell has written a book that answers just those questions. And she joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
The book is called Wire Your Brain for Confidence, The Science of Conquering Self-Doubt. So I guess the, the bottom line question is, why do we all seem to be plagued with some form of self-doubt these days? Well, the, the research shows that really there's so much change that's going on in the world. And when things change for us, we're constantly questioning, do I measure up now? Am I still good enough with what I have? You know, for example, when Instagram came out, the question for me was, oh, I'm not on Instagram. I don't have an account. I don't have followers. Is there something wrong with me now? And so with this constant change that's going on, it's constantly putting into question, are we good enough? And so we're starting to doubt ourselves more and more. You know, it's interesting you say that. I wondered if you would mention social media because there you see the most perfect moments of everybody's life and you wonder why your day doesn't look like that every day. Well, exactly. And the thing is with self-doubt is it's very socially constructed. And what I mean by that is we're always looking outside to say, well, look at her. Do I measure up to her? Is she the example of where I need to be and I'm not measuring up? And so then I start to doubt myself. So there's this constant social comparison that's going on. So it's not a matter of whether we're going to ever eliminate self-doubt. We want to have a little self-doubt because that kind of pushes us to higher levels of performance. It's just this constant feeling of self-doubt about everything. When it's chronic like that, that's when we want to eliminate it. So we want to be able to manage our self-doubt in healthy ways. But there are so many highly talented, educated women who, who still doubt themselves. They call that imposter syndrome, right? They're going to be discovered. Yeah. How can we stop feeling like imposters and start owning that power? Yeah. And you know what? Imposter syndrome is really a problem because it perpetuates self-doubt. You see, the only way we are ever going to feel confident is when we actually get better at things and we actually believe that we are getting better at things because competence breeds confidence. So with imposter syndrome, I'm always giving away my success. I'm never actually believing that I had anything to do with this successful thing that just happened. So in order to overcome imposter phenomena, what I need to do is I need to ask myself after every success, what was my contribution in that success? Yes, maybe Bill helped me over there and maybe Susan helped me over here, but what did I do to contribute to that success? And I have to start believing that I moved the needle on my abilities in order for me to start feeling, again, more confident and feeling that I'm getting better and better at things. Now, in the book, you say that scientists have actually discovered a formula for how we can wire our brains for a more action-oriented kind of confidence that boosts our courage to act even when we're afraid and have self-doubt. Yes. Is that, is that true, really? Yes, yes. There is a four-step formula that you can actually follow. And once you start to incorporate that into your life, you will see that your behaviors change. I wanted to write about this kind of confidence because to me, confidence without action will get you nowhere. So I wanted to know, why was I really confident in some areas? You know, I've been a speaker for years. And yet writing a book, I was just so fearful of that. I wasn't moving into the behaviors to make that happen. Why if I was just generally confident? So I wanted to know, how do I get into action? How do I break down the resistance? And there is four different sources of this kind of action-oriented confidence that I talk about in the book, that once you start to move towards those, you'll start to see your behaviors follow.
Okay, so now we have to know. Yeah. They are very <laughs> <Yes>. nice. <laughs> Don't leave us paying, counting so, the four. Yeah, so, I mean. so, so the first one is you've got to go out and start doing it. You've got to start practicing it. And a lot of people say, yeah, well, thanks a lot for that advice because if I had the confidence to go and do it, I'd be doing it. So thanks for that useless piece of information. So what I tell people is then take a baby step. So break it down. If it's writing a book, then maybe the first step I do is I start a blog and I start getting comfortable with writing. So break it down into baby steps. Once you start again to build your, your competence in writing, you will see your confidence will follow. As you go through all those little baby steps, the next thing you know, you're writing that book. So it's chipping away at that and feeling more confident about it as you do that. So that's one. That's one of the things. The second source of, and we call this self-efficacy. So this is that, that's what we call it in the literature, this kind of action-oriented confidence. The second one is to find role models that inspire you. Not role models that you feel jealous about, but role models that actually inspire you. Because once we say, oh my gosh, look, that person, they're kind of my age, they're my gender. If they're doing it, I can do it too. So find role models that inspire you. The second, the third one is, is to mentally rehearse. So meditate in the morning and mentally rehearse. You're doing this. You're making this happen. We know that there are parts of the brain that overlap between things we've just imagined and things that we're actually recalling. So we can kind of trick our brains into believing Hey, I've already done this before when we mentally rehearse. And when we say, I've already done this before, we're more apt to do it again. We're more apt to move into that kind of behavior. And then uh, another source of self-efficacy is social support. Who's going to encourage you? Who is going to be your cheerleader? If you don't have anyone that's encouraging you, find someone, find a mentor, find a coach, find people who are going to say, yes, you can do it. Now, one of the other tools in the book is your concept of peace at six. Do you want to explain that to people? Yeah. So especially for women, we are finding that women want to be excellent in too many domains of their lives. So the research is showing that women want to be excellent in 14 different domains of life. Things like, um, you know, you want to be a good entertainer at home and, the, and your house has to be perfect and your career has to be great. You have to be a great mother. And not only do we Sexy have to be... Sexy wife, you have to be yes, everything. Right, you have to be Jenna Jameson in the bedroom. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and add on to that, thin there's this obsession, right, that we have, that we have to be thin. It's just too many domains in life. So what I say is decide on three different areas of your life where you really want to strive for a 10. You want to strive to be really, really good at it. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but where you, you're going to say, I'm going to put my energy into this and then give everything else a six and say, I'm going to be six out of 10. Like for me, six out of 10 on housework oh, I is see. perfectly Peace fine. at level six. Exactly. Okay. And, and I had to, when I said six for housework, I had to be peaceful that if people came to my house and it was a mess, that I was okay with that. I was mm -hmm. peace. I wasn't going to do the Lucy Ricardo kind of, you know, cleaning where everything gets shoved in a closet. Cleaning, for the cleaning lady. Right, right, exactly. And my kids would say, "Are kids? Are people coming over?" You know, because they'd, yeah, they'd yeah. see me cleaning up. Right. If I was really going to be peaceful at six, I had to say, "Look, 
I'm excellent in other areas and I'm going to feel really good about that. And I'm not going to beat myself up for being a six on areas where I've decided I'm going to be at six. And that might change next year. You know, my priorities might change. But for now, I'm going to decide. And and Pete, women are starting to just breathe a sigh of relief when I talk to them about that. We too. can't have it all. I think we've, yeah. we've decided that we can't have it all it, yeah. because it is. It, it's too much. It's too much. And it's okay. But not it's only okay. that, but we live in a very judgmental world. We judge others and we think they're judging us and we have to just forget that. Yes. And just, just do the best you can. Exactly. So where can people get a copy of Wire Your Brain for Confidence, The Science of Conquering Self-Doubt? So it's available on Amazon, amazon.ca, amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, um, so all of those online venues. And you can go to my website at louisajewel.com mm-hmm. and you can download the first chapter of the book if you want to get a taste of what it's all about. Oh, that's a great idea. That's yeah. a good idea so people can see if it's something. And uh, who, who do you think should be reading it? Well, I, I, you know, I think the book really has a lot of great tools for everyone, especially for women. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for women who suffer from self-doubt and who are stopping themselves from playing a bigger game in their lives. What's your number one thing for people that are going through self-doubt? What would you say the one thing that you could do today to change things is? It's got to be self-compassion. You got to stop the beating up and just focus on getting better. You know, focus less on the judgmental part of it. Stop judging yourself. Yeah. And, you know, once you do that, I think you've it's, it's a huge step. Louisa Jewell, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. listening to is Miss You, the brand new single by Montreal pop duo Jacob and Fanny, who are here with us in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Hi. Now, um, this new single, produced by John Cunningham, 
How did the both of you first get together and what's the single about? Well, this is actually the first song we wrote with John and it just was really, it was easy flowing. We just wrote that about, it's a real story. Yeah, it was, you know, we're, we're a couple and we always... Madly in love, you said. Yeah, madly in love. <laughs> we, but like all couples, we have our ups and downs and we always try to take from that for our songs. And this song, when we were first dating, we kind of had a rough patch and decided to take a break. But it, we, it was only a short break, like three days, because I couldn't endure it. I was feeling sad and decided to go out and get out of my apartment. And I ended and up ran, running into Fanny. we ran into each other. <laughs> so that's what the song is about, you know, missing the person. And then you see them in a place and, and it's, it's kind of awkward. awkward and, yeah. and you just want to tell them you miss them. And yeah. So what is next for you? Well, this single is out. We have mm -hmm. a video for it. We did an EP. And so this is the first single off the EP. And we've got lots more music to come. And Well, I can yes. tell because yeah. you're, you're sort of dual citizens. You're doing a bit of Montreal and a bit of L.A. And exactly, yeah. yeah. Totally. We very exciting. We love both scenes. You know, L.A. is uh, very inspiring. And Montreal is just such a, a cool city. Canada is so warm. And, you know, it's home for me. So it's always great to be back. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do people connect with you and get your music online, that kind of thing? Well, we're on every platform, Jacob and Fanny, and I'm going to say it fan, like Fanny Pack, so people, <laughs> they don't know how to spell it. So Jacob and Fanny. Yeah, jacobandfanny.com, at Jacob and Fanny on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you going to you going to stay sort of based making your music out of L.A. now or are you doing a bit of both? Well, too? we record everything in Canada, often in Montreal. Oh, we sometimes good. write in L.A. We collaborate yeah. with different people. And we even when we're on the road now for our promo tour, mm -hmm. we have our little mobile studio in the in the luggage. You know, it's amazing what you can do now. Always yeah. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Always working. Yeah. And and not missing each other. No. Yeah. Yeah. no not do you perform live? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we obviously, your audience will hear a stripped down version of the song, but we play with big tracks and, and band and, and everything. Yeah. We love to run around on stage and have a good time. Well, cool. Jacob and Fanny, we are very happy that you're making music and we can't wait to hear the EP. <clears throat> that is it for What She Said This Weekend. We'll be back again next Saturday and Sunday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And now singing us out in our live studio sessions, here is Jacob and Fanny performing an acoustic version of Miss You. I was staying tonight, but my friends say it's time. It's time I go out, get you off my mind They said, don't worry, you're fine You've got your whole life You'll find someone else, it just takes some time Then you walk in, and we lock eyes So I take a shot, and I swallow my pride Hey, I thought that I should say hello Sorry if you think it's sweet to be this close I never thought that I would see your face You always used to say how much you hated this place You look the same, but not quite the same I mean you look good, that's all I'm trying to say Maybe this was just a stupid thing to do I'm hoping that you'll cut me off and say I miss you I miss you 
But my friends say it's time It's time I go out and get you off my mind They say don't worry, you're fine You've got your whole life You'll find someone else It just takes some time Then I walk in And we lock eyes So I take a breath And I swallow my pride Hey, I thought that I should say hello Sorry if you think it's weird to be this close I never thought that I would see your face You always used to say how much you hated this place You look the same, but not quite the same I mean you look good, that's all I'm trying to say Maybe this was just a stupid thing to do I'm hoping that you'll cut me off and say I miss you Shouldn't never let your love get away from me How'd I ever let your love get away from me? I don't wanna let your love get away from me Away from me Cause I miss you Hey, I thought that I should say hello Hello, 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 hello. Sorry if you think it's weird to be this close I would see your face. your face You always used to say how much you hated this place You look the same, but not quite the same I mean you look good, that's all I'm trying to say Maybe this was just a stupid thing to do I'm hoping that you'll cut me off and say I miss you Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.